got all my Wikipedia tabs in order, so I'm ready to talk. And then you log on, and you're like, who changed all my Wikipedia tabs? Where did they go? (laughs) Common problem. Common problem. (laughs) You ever get your Wikipedia tabs all set up in your order? Uh, This show... Some Jawas rearrange the tabs. <laughs> totally. Give ourselves homework. And uh, like all homework, it has to have some sort of wiki involved. And uh, Wikipedia is our uh, our delightfully chosen. Speaking wiki. of homework. Yes. This is the first time it's felt like I took a test where I was like, was I even in class? <laughs> <laughs> I saw the episode twice. And then I was yeah. like, OK, you know what? Let's. I'm going to watch. Heavy spoilers, new rock stars, yeah, Ryan yeah. Aries, and be like, let's figure this. And I was like, they're not even talking about the same thing I just watched. I'm not sure of, you know. Like, <laughs> do you have that moment where you feel a little bit like you're Scott Bakula and you're in Quantum Leap and you're having to like make up answers for things that you didn't experience? Yes. Yeah. No, that's what's <laughs> happening with this, and I was just like. What's going on? I got madder after I watched the show and tried to figure out what I watched than I did while watching. Delightful watch. Horribly not delightful to be like, oh, wait, these aren't all mysteries we're all going to wait and find out for? You all knew the answer. Like, you ever had a moment in class where, like, teacher, like, guys, and, like, everyone rose their hand, like, oh, we all know this except for me? Yeah. I'm the only one out. Yeah, that was discreet math for me. I always, uh, I actually turned to somebody in that class uh, in college and I said, hey, what class was I supposed to have taken so that I would be up to speed with everybody else? Yes. <laughs> and he goes, oh, that's Star Wars Rebels. There's four seasons. It's on Disney+. Yeah, Plus. Was, have at it. He was like, of course. Of course, you got to watch Rebels, you know. Yeah, but that's that's where I'm at with this show right now. Andy, is this the way? I'm mad at the show. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> Shoka, episode two, Toil and Trouble. Yes, indeed. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, uh, while you're venting your anger uh, and, you know, like, oh, deep, you know, channel that anger. Uh, were you moderately annoyed that the Toil and Trouble was a reference to uh, to Macbeth? We got some yeah, Shakespeare cause, here. Yeah, because Shakespeare's not in Star Wars. Because <laughs> you're like, why are we making Shakespeare canon? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, you know who likes Shakespeare? Klingons. <laughs> <laughs> this is borderline more Star Trek canon than it is Star Wars canon. Really losing the course here. <laughs> yeah. Well, we I don't recall see, any like... of that in the Jedi Scrolls. And yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> this is i mean like that's part of it you're like what is it that's a pretty that's a very earth reference yeah i i i thought it was too i was i I thought it was like kind of funny because you know we we didn't talk about the uh we had that dual meaning in uh in the first episode where you know there's a master and apprentice on um of on the sort of in between uh dark side <laughs> uh mm-hmm. the orange lightsaber side of the equation with uh Shin Hati being the padawan to Balan Skull and then we find out you know we've got a uh, master and apprentice on the other side uh with uh, with Sabine being the padawan to Ahsoka yeah. and so i was like okay what's the <laughs> what's the double meaning of toil and trouble um uh, but i don't i don't think there was uh <laughs> 
Oh, there was toil and trouble in this episode. I'll give them that. <laughs> yeah, two two X on each side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> double the toil, double the trouble. <laughs> yeah, so we're just going all cylinders, aren't we, Star Wars? Okay. Um. So this episode was directed by Steph Green, and uh, okay. Steph Green also directed episode two of Book of Boba Fett. So it's not her first venture into Star Wars. Oh. You, you know, I didn't even I didn't even think to look t- for that because I had sort of assumed that uh, Filoni was going to be like writing. He and wrote directing. the episode. Yeah, I thought he was just going to write and direct everything. So I think he only is directing the first and last episode. I do not know that for sure. You guys can well actually mean that on my Venmo totally. is at Aaron and Marsh. Yeah, all corrections can be submitted through Venmo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't mind corrections. Just send me a Venmo. With them. That's what I want. <laughs> It really eases it in. I go, ooh, a correction. Oh, perfect. That's cool. So, so wait, so, so directed by uh, Steph Green, and then you said which episode in Bo- in Book of Boba Fett? Episode two. Okay, nice, interesting. So it was so a very also, sand crawler heavy episode. Yeah, well, it was yeah. also the also toil and trouble in that episode as well. I don't. Yeah, well, it was also cleaning up the mess from the first episode of that series too, right? I mean. So not that not that Ahsoka's first episode was a mess, but uh, I would say this episode is more of a mess than the first one. But we're that's the end of the episode. Where we do that. <laughs> yeah, spoilers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But she is on our only dealing with the angry fans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's not getting any positive fan letters. I don't think. Yeah, hey, you know, I enjoyed myself, but no one's asking me yet. So. That's right. So, yeah. Andy. So we start out. Steph Green is our uh, is our director. Toil and Trouble is the name of this episode. Yeah. And boom. Sabine is alive. Woo. I was worried about that. Oh, man. Woo. No. <laughs> Good thing we didn't have to wait too long for that cliffhanger. Huh? I wasn't even attached yet. Yeah. <laughs> I just found You're out like, she was alive. No, I mean, like, I've known. Of Sabine Rand and all these different yeah. things, but I so I know how big of a deal it would be if she died. But also, yeah. as somebody for those that didn't listen to the other episode, I didn't watch any of these cartoons, right? Yeah. And so I'm coming from the perspective that I think the Star Wars audience desperately needs of somebody who watched all of it lovingly and yeah. somebody who didn't. And I'm trying to make my way through this TV show and yeah. um trying. <laughs> I think we should have a segment called Wait, who's that? <laughs> Yeah, just and a bunch of music starts playing. It's just a game show of it's like <laughs> this is your life, except it's like this is the life you missed, and it's just all these people you never met. But wait, who's who's that? Yeah, but <laughs> oh, they're really important. <laughs> they're one of the knights of Brent. <laughs> yeah, that's uh um so you know, we did we we why I would say that the best part about this episode that started out was I was a little bit afraid that we were gonna get um, you know, sort of so suddenly Ahsoka has magical healing powers, mm-hmm. uh, like Ray had to heal Kylo Ren um in Rise of Skywalker. And so I was actually more relieved by the fact one that Sabine Wren doesn't have a second stomach, and two, that Ahsoka wasn't necessarily the one who healed her, that they like scooped her up and brought her to uh Lothal ER. Uh yeah, and, with and, a and- medical <laughs> droid. Yeah, with with a very familiar medical droid. It's the our standard uh 21B medical droid who, you know, can repair Excellent when, at me- robot hands. 
Yeah, I was just going to say. Specializes in robot handry. I love it. Robot hands. Robot hands are their specialty, but they can take care of your uh, orange, orange, red lightsaber impalements, uh, various other things. They specialize in back to tanks, uh, waking people up from back to tanks. You know, these are all <laughs> all things you can get when all you the purchase. They're having their training. Yeah. A 2-1-B medical Well, what drug. I like about the 2-1-Bs. Is there only a lot of my 1995 Nissan pickup truck where if something breaks, they just completely take the whole piece off and put a new piece in? Totally. Totally. A remanufactured piece. They're like, oh, you know, doctor, this this hurts me. Like, oh, we'll just cut that off and robot it up. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> I I also like that the the head, the the mouth area of the, the 21B looks an awful lot like an old style 50s crooner microphone. Um, oh, yeah. You know. Like, yeah, uh, the ones that are on all the comedy flyers but never seen on a comedy show. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so the big thing is uh uh Sabine is is not dead. Uh and Ahsoka has no time for her four streams. So she's like, hey, hey, hey wake up. <laughs> I'm just gonna read your thoughts. She goes right to her diary <laughs> in her head. Imagine coming out of a coma after you thought you're dead, and then the person that you're not quite cool with yeah. has read all of your inner thoughts. Yep. Oh, now I feel extra cool about you doing all this. I'm extra on your side. This makes sense. This is how people become friends. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then, you know, she's like, hey, what about the MacGuffin? <laughs> that really important thing that I found uh, and that a bunch of droids blew up a, a major part of a planet, Arcana. Uh, you know, that thing. What happened? Uh, like, you know. oh, smash cut. Here's a shuttle <laughs> with all of them going to some runes. <laughs> And we have an orb. We got our map orb, and they got the runes. <laughs> what like I, what you like that? Of, you know, yeah, you, the most important uh, softball-sized metal thing that's uh, apparently a Rubik's cube. Uh, <laughs> I know they have an A and B story, and they could have very easily have just put them right. Let us go through it, but they're like, no, we're gonna put it back and forth so it doesn't feel as linear. Yeah, just to make it harder yeah. to follow. There's no, we're not. This doesn't help anyone. I know yeah, that's the way not, episodes work in TV shows, but also like they're not leaving the runes. Sabine's not leaving the ER. Yeah. They're just going back and forth. Oh, uh, it makes my notes more complicated for no reason. <laughs> We're like this homework we've assigned ourselves so hard. I know. And so like so we got the three villains. They're like, cool. Here's the orb. Oh, there's the, where you put the orb. Oh, that's it. We're done. They go back to the ER. You're like, we could have well, started it, there. <laughs> well, there is a little bit of an opportunity for us because I'm sure our listeners are like, wait a minute, you didn't talk about. So uh, we we briefly mentioned uh, Morgan Elsbeth and her connection back to Mandalorian uh, chapter 13. But we get a reveal in episode one that we didn't talk about or we didn't nerdsplain or, around, which is that Morgan Elsbeth isn't just like some, you know, greedy capitalist who builds ships. Morgan Elsbeth is actually a night sister. Uh and and Shin doesn't seem too excited about the idea that they're working for a witch. Um which uh which I thought was um, an interesting little play uh in episode 1. We didn't talk a lot about that for <laughs> for folks that have not watched uh folks that have not watched uh Clone Wars and folks that have not watched Rebels, the Night Sisters, who are who were originally introduced as the Witches of Dathomir, uh, in a long ago book. Um, I think it is the courtship of Princess Leia. Um, but they are magic 
uh, and Ryan Airy is quick to point out magic with a K, I think is uh, uh, they're magic users or dark side so users. Spell it like and when insane they insane clown posse. They do. They do. Cause it's like, <laughs> it's like magnets. I don't even, I can't even. Right. So, uh, so they are, um, they are force wielders, but they are on sort of the dark side uh, adjacent or dark side of the force. And the Night Sisters supplied Palpatine, his first apprentice, Darth Maul. And mm-hmm. um, the Night Sisters also supplied Dooku's apprentice, Asajj Ventress. Um, and so those are some of the connections for us uh, back to that. And the the temple in Arcana that uh, Ahsoka is going into, the three witch figures in there look an awful lot like uh, Mother Talzin, who was the leader of the Night Sisters. Um, and then if you look, there's like sort of faded red paint, like you would see maybe in Egyptian ruins, like the idea that something was painted but no longer is. So we get this notion that Morgan Elsbeth has a Night Sister connection. So that means that she is a uh, a wielder of dark side powers or of magic with a K. Um, and we get a little bit of that demonstrated uh, later. We'll talk more about that. But in in the, the actual using of the of the map viewfinder, uh, there's a green flame around that. So anyway, catching us up on which, that. by the way, guys, I want you to know that all of that is detected because we see a green flame. Yeah, as a viewer who hasn't seen any of this other stuff, <laughs> you're like, nice. I just saw a green flame. <laughs> yeah, you're like, okay, I guess propane on CTOS burns different. Like, <laughs> whatever, just green flame. I get it. Green. Yeah, we're in Star Wars. This is this is the Return of the Jedi flame. Yes, you know, well, wait, like, there's and, more. <laughs> no, exactly. And then you you go in, you start doing your homework, and you're like, oh, oh, green flame. Hold, yeah. Sit down. This is going to be a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hold on. I've got it. Do I have a story for you? But also that does explain the toil and trouble because that is the background of the witches. All yeah. of that does completely all match up. The basket yeah. is weaved very tightly with all that. It's all very specific and on purpose, which is what the show is all about. And the the figure and that... Star Wars not telling us that that's what the show's about is the thing Star Wars loves to do. Yes, I was just going to say there are all these little there are all these little nods and hopefully and this is where you're going to be our have to keep us honest, Aaron, because because clearly no one else is keeping uh, the writing and directing honest. Um, There's all these things that add depth to it. But the question really uh, at the end of the day is like is 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 that depth lost on, you know, like, so the three figures um, are, you know, like a witchcraft kind of a, a nod beyond, um, beyond this, the toil and trouble is a, is a nod to the three, witch. there are three witches in Macbeth that are telling Macbeth um, the future and, and what might befall him if he were to make certain decisions. Um, and so there's that, that level of like these like wink wink nudge nudge but i think i think they're they're a little bit more than easter eggs like the easter egg is like they oh, are more than I, easter eggs yeah they are I definitely is, foreshadowing the back of what's going on in the story where an easter yeah. egg is more like did you notice that helmet that's never coming back that was like reminiscent of this other yep. thing like it is actually of importance um easter eggs are not of importance you can miss it and still enjoy what's going on yeah, and the, and I guess the the thing here is is a, a nod to season three of uh, Mandalorian, 
there there was a level of the Mandalorian that a lot of people who are analyzing the show found in the tribes of the Israelites and all these different comparisons. Um, and that was sort of, you know, people with a lot of, of nerd labor uh, in order to pull that out of what was a pretty mediocre season of for for the Mandalorian. I still enjoyed it very much. No, you know, I'm not not hating on the show in any, any way. But the this first you heard it here first. This first pairing, Andy's not hating on the show in any way. Yeah, I'm not hating on that show in any way. But these first two episodes show us that there's there's potentially going to be a little bit of that same nerd labor required in order to get like the full depth. Yeah. The frustration with me is really like <laughs> if I was to watch the Avengers movies and then they're like, oh, by the way, this episode's not going to make sense. Unless you've read every Avengers comic <laughs> and we've been around for 50 years. You're like, well, wait a second. I'm like, no, 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 we're going to use all of it. <laughs> Man. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the whole point of the show. Okay, so we get to that. We see a green flame. Uh, in reality of the show, we see a green flame and then we just get a sweep cut back to Ashoka. Yeah. Uh, walking towards <laughs> the communication tower. No, but exactly. That's it. Yeah. Like, you, see the, you get the what that is, you get all the foreshadowing there, but none of that explained. Whoop, sweep. Yeah. Now Ashoka's walking up to the communication the, tower with Sabine lives. We get meanwhile, right? I mean, that's basically yeah. what what the the episode's doing. Oh, this a lot whole episode of, like, is meanwhile. meanwhile. That's the toil and trouble. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, and the Ahsoka Ahsoka's um, Ahsoka asks you know Sabine for a little bit of information about the attack, uh, and then she goes back. And the the interesting bit here is that Ahsoka is using a Jedi technique that we haven't seen Ahsoka use before, um, which I think is called psychometry. And this is something we've only seen um, from Quinlan Voss. Quinlan Voss is a Jedi that gets name dropped in uh, as part of uh, the like Underground Railroad for Jedi's. Or for force sensitive people in um in the Obi-Wan uh series, but he's somebody who teamed up with Obi-Wan in the Clone Wars, and, and we see a bit of this her being able to recreate what happened. Um, and that's something that we haven't seen as far as a Jedi ability from Ahsoka until this point. So maybe there's a little bit of a nod that Ahsoka and Quinlan have been hanging out uh before off screen. But I thought that was kind of an interesting, uh interesting bit there. Yeah, and Ashoka's powers are very interesting because they, yeah. she didn't complete Jedi training, correct? No, no, she did not. She did not complete Jedi training. Exactly, and so, but she, and she's also an alien species that we've never going to see up close, and so you don't know where that stuff quite begins and ends. Yeah, because there is something extra magical to her. Yeah, and we get a little bit of of her Tagruta heritage in the um, Tales of the Jedi. Uh, mm -hmm. A little bit of the fact that her and Ezra have a have a seem to have a connection to animals. Both uh, her as a is an untrained baby had a connection to animals, and uh, and so we we have like these little hints in different places. And you know, to a certain degree, I think they usually play with Jedi powers that help story. <laughs> so yeah. you you know, if they're going to bring these to, these things in, hopefully they're going to be in service of the story at the end. Well, but we get, you know, like uh, I thought a, a little bit of a, a notion there of like, oh, OK, like, you know, Ahsoka's Ahsoka's con continuing her training on her own, I guess, is, is what I took it as a as a yeah. nod. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, that's the part of the fascinating thing. It's like yeah. watching someone self learned. And so Which they have Luke a little basically bit different technique. Had to do. I mean, Luke, Luke did have to do. I mean, but he yeah. also went back and completed his training. And so, yeah. 
So he seems more classical than the others, but also was a bit rogue because of his own. Yeah, but I mean, Luke did all his Jedi training with like uh, Force Ghost distance learning, right? I mean, like. Well, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> some people. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> some people are on scholarships. Some are not scholarships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You join a fraternity. Anyway. There's different roads. Everyone's got different roads. Different roads. But all roads lead to the comms tower. Absolutely. That's right. Well, we're not in the comm tower very long, although we do see the Lothcat again, which is great. Yes. Which I want to be a bigger character. Totally. That's just the Captain EO in me. I'm like, hey, give me the red floating guy more. <laughs> Front and center, Lothcat. Get over here. And then we go back to the ER. Sabine is there and fixing like yeah. a droid. Yeah. So so the the droid that attacked the droid that attacked Sabine um and that she had uh, that she had damaged was hiding in uh, in the comms area, waiting for them to come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, these are assassin droids, uh, so maybe that's a, a helpful detail here. So they're basically waiting for them to come back and kill whoever's there. Uh, Ahsoka cuts off its head, and then we get a little bit of of you know basically droid one hundred and one. But you know, if you manage to match the power levels, you can always get information out of a droid. Uh, if we think about this too, this is something that comes up uh, at the end of Revenge of Sith. 3PO has his memory wiped uh, in Rise of Skywalker. They're doing things to try to extract memories from 3PO. Uh, so we get a little bit of of in her hospital room. <laughs> Sabine is trying to uh, be like a, a robot uh, droid tech um, and we get some information. Yeah. And we also get uh, Nylons there. No, no, new. Huang, what's the, the robot? The Huang, Huang. I'm sorry, Huang yeah. is there. Nylon's a friend of mine. Um, Huang <laughs> is there, and he's got a lot of great. Like this one, I was really like, this guy's awesome. I need yeah. more of this robot. Yeah. He's really crushing it in the scene. And I, Ryan Aries pointed out that while she's working on the head, yeah, uh, Huang is like freaking out about like what's possibly going to happen. And the yep. two people that are force sensitive had nothing going off because their spider sense wasn't going off. Not totally. to bring Marvel back into it, but like they have that sense of when something will happen and they were sensing nothing. And so it was cool to see like Sabine Wren is showing some force sensitivity yep. that I guess in the cartoons she didn't have. I mean, she in the cartoons, she was kind of portrayed as being sort of towards the end of of being reckless. I mean, she loved blowing stuff up. Um, and so she was somebody who was not against sort of taking risks. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think though that she's like the Fred Durst of the show is what you're telling. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but she's, she definitely is all about blowing stuff up. Everything, you know, she wants to make big booms. Um, but, uh, I do think the Ryan Airy point is an interesting point because, uh, it gets played against, uh, the, you know, you get played against that well later on with some of Hu Yang's comments about, um, comparison of of Sabine to all of the Padawans in the entire twenty five thousand his, year history, yeah, uh, of the Jedi Order, uh, and saying uh, Hu Yang saying very politely that she is be- falls behind them in the aptitude to use the Force of all of them. Uh, so that was one of the things I had mentioned. You know, I had a couple things that I was annoyed with in the first episode, but they got taken care of. And that was one of them was my my concern was that we were going to suddenly magically retcon that Sabine Wren had, uh, you know, amazing force abilities when, you know, there wasn't anything really outwardly available. And so mm-hmm. that Hu Yang comment, I thought was a really great level set um, to put it into the whole like, 
yeah, you know, on one hand, I'm going to give you this amazingly motivational speech of why, you know, you've modified the lightsaber. You clearly are interested. You should like not stand in your own way. And oh, by the way, you've got a hard path ahead of you. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> but that was great. That was a good scene. One of the key scenes I would say of this episode. Now we yeah. go back to the ruins and now we're activating <laughs> yes. the ball map. Yes. It's been green flames. You know what that means? That means yeah, a projection magic. is about to happen. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> magic with a K. Yeah, magic with a K was happening. Some light shows, projection. They're in the middle of all of this now where it's like, and there's also ruins that are surrounding yep. them throughout the map. And yeah, there's there was a, a lot it, of ex go for it. Andy. Well, I was, I was going to say though, there's an interesting exchange here where, um, where Balin is in essence saying like, you know, this is not Jedi built. Um, it does have kind of a little bit of the Tython uh, old Jedi temple where Din brings Grogu. It has a little bit of that vibe. Yeah, um, but definitely. Ba does. Balin nods this, you know, this isn't, isn't something that he recognizes as being built by the Jedi and uh, Morgan Elsbeth, again, who we've just learned now is a night sister. Um, she says that it was built by an ancient people but doesn't say anything else. So if it was built by the Night Sisters, I think she would have claimed, you know, laid claim that it was built by her ancestors, but she just says it was built by an ancient people. Um, yeah. I think that is notable. Uh, we won't go into as much speculation because um, I think we'll eventually get revealed to that. But, and then the map fires up and does a larger projection of what Sabine saw when she unlocked it, where there's the current galaxy yeah. And then there's a path and illuminated by kind of a golden ray to another galaxy. And inside of the map viewer or inside this keystone with the actual magic, we see that there is another galaxy that lines up with one of the stones and that that other galaxy has what look like ancient purgle. <clears throat> and the purgle are the whales that we saw. Yeah, sorry, clearing my throat there. But yeah, right. the Purgle are um the Purgle are these uh whales that appear in Rebels that Ezra has a connection to, again mentioning that also whole appeared animal connection. Kind of briefly and out of focus in Mandalorian. Yes, they appeared in Mandalorian out of focus, but alongside Din and Grogu in the hyperspace lanes. And so the Purgle were these large whales, whale-like octopus that had the ability to travel across space and time, or as noted in Morgan Elspeth, uh, notably flips those two things around when talking about where Thrawn is trying to contact her from. She says that Thrawn, who is in the other galaxy, she thinks, is trying to speak from time, uh, time and space. She like flips those two things around. Uh, but the Purgle, that the area or the circle that is uh, surrounding this uh, this new galaxy that is connected by that ray has these like ancient purgle uh, drawings on them. Notably, too, um, uh, Sabine's left pauldron, her left shoulder piece, has a purgle uh, drawn on it. Uh, her new shoulder piece. Well, that's I'm jumping slightly ahead. We'll we'll get back to that. We we love to talk armor on. Yeah, show. I did like that. But, I was very excited to see the armor. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but the I was excited purgle... to see something I recognized, Andy. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you're like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I know what that is. But yeah, so the the purgle notion here is that um and 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 purgle is both uh, singular and plural, by the way. Um, I think it is purgle. 
um like like not a soft g sound but a um but a hard g sound uh, say it like a bird and, yeah and so uh <laughs> purgle purgle uh, um so so we get that as a as a connection um clearly shin is not really bought into what's going on here with morgan as they sort of exit the map viewer shin tries to sort of ask balan like what's going on um what you know who's thrown what's this you know kind of yeah, thing exactly. Balin, Balin's uh, like, did you not watch the cartoons <laughs> I was gonna say, Shin is is sort of probably you're bonding with Shin at this point because Shin's like, what's going on here? Like, what you know? Do we really believe this witch and what's going on? Uh, there is a nod in here about the the notion of of Balin uh, when when Morgan is explaining kind of what's going on and the connection to the other uh, the other galaxy. Uh, Balin notes that these stories are the kind of bedtime uh, fairy tales that he heard uh, in. Uh, in his training as a Jedi at the Jedi Temple. And so we we glossed over one of the details is that Hu Yang identified Balin's skull from his lightsaber construction in episode one. So we ah. do get this confirmation that he is a Jedi or was a Jedi. So yet another, like, this is one of those, like, the it's like the the light side version of somehow Palpatine survived. Um, it's like yet another <laughs> Jedi who who has survived Order sixty six, right? Um, mm. And so, so we get another confirmation here that that he was, you know. So Hu Yang co confirms it based on the lightsaber design, but we get a confirmation from Balin that he was uh, that he was a Padawan and a Jedi in the training, and so that this is the path to Paradia. Uh, Paradia is is apparently one of the worlds that is in this other galaxy. Um, and then the the folks that have done decoding of the runes at the beginning and the end of of the episodes, they've called out that uh, Paradia is one of the planets that's mentioned, uh, Mandalore, Setos, uh, the planet they're on in this map viewer. Uh, so there's, you know, like the, the, the new credits that we're seeing or the credits for the show with the beginning and end that feel an awful lot like game, game of Thrones with the wolves and uh, the whales and everything. Um, there's call out to this notion of the path of Paradia. And so he thinks of it as a, as being a fairy tale. And Morgan is sort of saying like, no, the, some fairy, all fairy tales have some truth in them. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is of course a, a thing we hear an awful lot about, you know, every legend, I think there's a, a Soka line in, in rebels where she says that there's a bit of truth in every legend. Um, so, and it, as all of these things from the Star Wars Legends canon gets kind of like re uh, reimagined now in the Disney canon, we can see a little bit of that going on here too. For sure, I think people are going to consider this our greatest episode because I've let you talk more than any other episode. <laughs> our our most information rich episode. You're like, we didn't sidetrack <laughs> like, uh... on Maverick. There was it was perfect. It got me through. <laughs> So now we make our next cut. We're flying into a planet that's got all this scrap metal. Yeah. I know you and I both love scrap metal. We love scrap metal. 100%. We love scrap metal. What's the metal. name of we... this planet, Andy? This is the shipbuilding planet of Corellia. That's right. And it's the home of Han Solo and the Millennium Falcon. It is. And much like the when we saw Corellia last time, it was kind of like the doom and gloom of Navarro in uh, in Mandalore times. So when we saw it in the Han Solo, a Star Wars story, it was definitely not looking as bright and lovely as it is. Um, also, they have a uh, atmosphere gate to Corellia, much like they do in Spaceballs. Um, in, no, in Scarab, <laughs> uh, the, the atmosphere gate, but 
I love a good Spaceballs reference. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we get this, uh, the ship, you know, and it's clearly, you know, it's a, it's an incredibly busy area. Um, but, uh, but a cool planet for us to be coming back to and a cool planet to be sort of seeing, uh, in a new light thriving under, uh, the semi incompetent new Republic rule. Yeah. I love it. And I love seeing just half pieces of things that we've watched throughout the different years. Yeah. You know, like and some cruisers, can... some AT-AT legs. We just got them hanging out. Yeah. It's like someone's it... like Lego collection, but they don't have any of them currently constructed. Everybody loves a good spaceship's junkyard, right? I mean, I think oh, that's yeah, a, the best. a really cool deal here. So that was my uh, favorite then... thing with the Disney uh, trilogy. Oh, yeah. No, was, uh, yeah. It... In the episode nine, we went to uh, inside some scraps and I was like, there we go. Yeah. Well, we get the scraps there. I mean, there's been, you know, the the planet that... Uh, that, oh gosh, what's his name now? Miggs, uh, the planet that mm-hmm. they, they oh yeah, that was Miggs out of, um, was one of one of the same sort of uh, junk uh, auto auto salvaging in space, and mm-hmm. uh, and then you know right away we get Ahsoka's T six alongside the Phantom two, which is a big deal for a lot of Rebels fans. I don't know did what the re- Phantom two is. Did you recognize? Did you recognize the shuttle? No. Okay, so the sh- that shuttle that so Hera's shuttle, so Hera meets uh meets Ahsoka, um at Corellia. That shuttle actually, you you've been to Black Spire enough. Do you recognize it as being a Clone Wars era shuttle that is in Black Spire? The shuttle that's on that's on top of the bar in Black yeah. Spire. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that the that's the Phantom Two, the oh, Phantom. Okay. Cool. And the Phantom Two is is like the ship landing deal that that Hera will often use. It actually docks into the back of the Ghost. The Ghost is a larger freighter. It's a um, VCX one hundred, and this is what the this is the Phantom Two, um, because the Phantom One was actually destroyed at one point. I think in season two, um, mm-hmm. se- uh, season two of Rebels, but we get the Phantom Two, which has paint, a paint job done by Sabine Wren. Um, with all of the Phoenix Squadron kind of markings on it, and then we get Chopper, our second yeah. viewing of Chopper. Everyone was live waiting action. for Chopper. Totally, everybody was. <laughs> well, not I don't know. The funny thing is, I I now am seeing that some people don't like Chopper, which I I always loved Chopper. Um, I you know I appreciate a. I do uh, like that somebody can be mad at a droid. Yeah, like they're mad at you. Know, like the people are like you know you you can hear in some of people's recaps where they're like you know they didn't like Ezra very much and then they also didn't like Chopper but we get Chopper who is uh who's an earlier um astromech he's a CP1 uh CP10P I think is uh or C110P or something like that but Chopper is what uh his he is nicknamed and called by Hera and he's the type of astromech that was um part of the Y-Wings, like the Y-Wing series was paired with Chopper's model of astromech droid. Um, so, and Chopper's got to be one of the more popular droids totally. like in Star Wars altogether. Yeah, he has to be. I mean, like beyond, of course, like R2-D2, I would say Chopper has to be like really high on the list. Um, maybe, I put him in the BB-8 think, category. Yeah, BB-8, K2, um, you know, those are all ones that I think people would. But, I, think, but see, yeah. I think Chopper's more beloved than K2. But yeah, but, no, exactly. Oh, but it, yeah. Well, so the there we go. Chopper is now officially live action 
Well, he was, was live second. action I in, know, Rogue Rogue in Rogue One. So, but you know, yeah. Like, so we saw him as a as a tangible thing in Rogue One, but now he's got speaking lines. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Voiced yeah. by Dave Filoni. Um, I blew a few people's Chopper minds. Chopper is on strike right now in front of yeah, Paramount. Yeah, Chopper is on strike. <laughs> but, but yeah, Chopper's voice uh, is is. We, uh, by, by the way, F- we need to say. Uh, yeah. Okay, you'll just finish. His voice by Filoni. Yes. But we support Chopper and his fair pay that he needs. Yes. Uh, we support all the actors. We support and, all the actors, including and the voice writers, like yeah. Dave Filoni. You can find out more information at sagafra.com. Thank you so much. Then we got the bumper. <laughs> <laughs> this show would not be possible without the fruit of the writers, uh, the labor. I'll tell you, the this show could have used a couple more writers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so Ashoka meets with what would you want to call this guy? I was trying to figure this out. The you know who I'm talking about? The yeah, um, he. I mean, the loyal, greedy guy. We'll call him yeah, the loyal. Well, I, I called I him cons- the Empire Trader, but it's also like he's not really a part of the Empire, but he's also not not. Yeah, I mean, he's like, I don't know, like, what do you want to call him? Like, Scoundrel One? I mean, he has a name. His name is Min Weaver. Um, and, you know, like, he, I guess I would say he's the the salvage operation supervisor or like, I mean, he, I'm sure that's not a grand enough, um, you know, like, term wikipedia has him listed as the regional supervisor for the planet of Corellia. <laughs> i'll take that he's the regional so, supervisor oh, he explains the business <laughs> his loyalty towards the business yeah but everyone so, is Corellia suspiciously a... definitely on one political side it kind of reminds me when i first got my job at the fire department and i didn't realize that like i was unofficially just working for republicans yeah and you're like, no, no, we work for the fire department. They're like, no, no, no. We also have a higher purpose we're serving here, sir. If if Corellia, if Corellia was a restaurant and you said, I want to speak to the general manager, this is the guy that they would send you. Yeah, exactly. But when they're like, hey, this guy, can we send this back? Who's the cook? He'd be like, the president. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, what? And he's like, yeah, yeah, but not the one that we have an office, the one I think should be. And you're like, oh no, that's the problem with the business we're dealing with here. Yeah. Which I I love. <laughs> I love that because um I don't I jumping around too much. No. no. So like Sabine does mention that she wants to be trained right before they go into that conversation. Uh, where, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, but, well, no, so but then they go into that room and they're and Hera is like kind of like, okay, so what are these clearing ships? I'm like, that's classified. I'm like, I'm a general. I have, I have yeah. access to all the classified information. They're like, I don't think you do. And that's when it was like, oh, I get it. They're not answering yeah, to well, any actual law. Totally. And and we do get a little bit of this. Um, we do get a little bit of this uh, while they're <laughs> while they're taking a very long time to go from where their ships landed to uh, supervise the the overall operation. We're getting a little bit of the. You know, interstitial episodes from season three of of Mandalorian, where it's like, hey, look, like you're gonna find people here that were loyal to, uh, to the Empire. Um, Very much, but, you know, you know, just like just like in any other it shows place, that hiring, hiring is, is difficult. Power. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, no, but they do have underground power. Difficult. <laughs> yeah, it's finished. Yeah, um, but hiring is difficult, and you're gonna find these people that are uh, that we're loyal, but you know we're not worried about uh, 
we're not worried about their allegiances. So, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Everything's cool. Yeah, exactly. No, we come no, no head to head with that when we bring our own general to be like, hey, what are you guys doing? Like, oh, they're already cleared. Like, they're not no cleared. They're not cleared. We got red yeah. protocol droids around. And I like that he's like, instead of talking to the manager, he's like, oh, let me get my C1 over here. Yeah. Come on, red protocol droid. <laughs> Tell and the general is- what's up. And you're like, what? Yeah, this is like, oh, you know, like, uh, and, and this is, and we get a named droid uh, uh, out of this too. So, you know, after he says, oh, you know, you really don't have, uh, you don't have clearance for this. I love that you want to bet. Uh, yeah. Um, and so uh, CD uh, or C1D1, uh, Shelby Young with the loose lips sh- sink ships is like, oh, yeah, uh, I was prevented uh, quite bitterly. Uh, I noted the way the delivery here. Uh, yeah. I was prevented. <laughs> <laughs> from inventorying uh, a ship as a result of an HK-87 droid. And I was quite upset about this. Yeah, we've all worked with the C1-D1. You know, yeah. like he should have known when he was calling over. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to go over and be like, oh, I'm going to go to I'm going to go to C1-D1 for uh, some backup here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the notable here thing here, by the way, is that uh, that the the voice of that protocol droid is uh, is one of the voice actors who has played Princess Leia um, in the past in some of the animated series. So I thought that was kind of cool that, you know, they are like, Dave Filoni loves to pull in the different voice actors from the animated series. Um, and so, you know, loose link, uh, loose lips, C, uh, C1, D1, uh, outs them. Then we get an amazing for the empire like where they decide that they're yeah all exactly yeah when the, <laughs> that was the part where i not to make this political but that was the part where i thought it was very trumpish after he didn't get elected and then his supporters got really loud in their areas where it was like hey no the general's telling you that they need the classified information they're like no for the empire great <laughs> love it now yep. we're gonna be in a big fight we're fighting the people who are trying to overthrow those that have actual power. Yeah. It's perfect. And we do and get so this we... like pretty cool well, fight we scene. We do get this little no- yeah, we get a cool fight scene out of it and we do get this kind of nod of like the the actual hyperdrive that they're scavenging is too large for anything that the new republic is building, right? And so, you know, we see one of their newer class shuttle ships um, you know, taken out by Balin and Shin in the first episode. Um, that's, I, I think, one of the things of like, it, it is not the scale of a uh, of a Super Star Destroyer. Um, mm-hmm. And so I thought that was kind of a cool, um, that was a bit of Hera's ship knowledge sort of helping out the whole situation. Um, and we get a cool fight sequence. And, you know, hey, uh, you know, if you have to, if you have to get a straight line between you and, and the thing you want to take care of, you know, you got to go through a window every once in a while. Yeah, it's an Indiana Jones thing. <laughs> and Take so now that. we cut to uh, Sabine Wren. Yes. Piecing together her Mandalorian armor. Yeah. She's like, cool oh, let me, let me dust this off. Yeah. It was super re- cool. I was Repainted. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. There's some uh, modifications. Because yeah, that was my first some... thought. I was like, I wonder if they recreated the cartoon helmet, but there's some slight variations. Different. Yeah, I have yes. The shoulder to call is completely out. painted different. Yep, the shoulders completely painted different. I haven't heard anyone call out what the design is on the helmet. It actually looks a little bit like Lothcat ears. Oh, um, that'd be cute. Um, you know, at the, in the middle yeah. there, but they're a little bit too close to to be because uh, you know, like um, Rex's helmet, his uh, Clone Wars armor helmet has kind of like the ears, like the on yeah. on his helmet. 
um, they'd be further apart. But um, Sabine had a a bird a bird face style like you would expect from a wren, and then also being close to the night owls, like or she was night owls adjacent. I would say, yeah, exactly. Like it was ally. very night owls ish. Yeah, so her old helmet design was that. Now, the other notion, too, is that Sabine was always, like, messing with and painting things. And, like, she was often customizing other members of the Ghost Crew, the Spectre's helmets, without really asking them. Uh, there's a couple episodes where she'd, like, redone helmets without asking. Yeah, and, which is great know, for like, action figure variants. Totally. Great for action figure variants or, uh, you know, like a rare uh, rare Black Series um you know, figure, but, but yeah, so we get that cool moment and then we get this, um, we get this kind of somber, almost a samurai like, uh, situation where she's sort of almost meditating in front of her helmet before she puts yeah. her helmet on. And... No, exactly. It shows that she still has respect for the creed totally. and it's foreshadowing that the Mandalorian creed and armor and her history with that is going to show up in the show. Yeah, in in the in the in the animated series, I mean, she talks about how her armor has been in her family for uh, thousands of years, and that she has she herself uh, basically forged and made changes to it. Uh, so I thought, you know, so it was definitely cool to see that homage in, in live action. And then the way she cuts her hair is almost a shot for shot recreation of how Kanan cuts his hair. Um, before he goes off to save Hera um, hmm. at the end of season four. And so there's like a frame where the way she she takes the Viber Blade and the way she holds it and the way they shoot it is almost a sh exact shot for shot uh, deal. So I thought that was a really like incredibly cool touch. Not something that anybody like it's not going to matter to the viewer so this is actually one of those good references right where it just looks like she's being very careful and respectful yeah. and this is kind of a sacred a sacred thing and then while doing that it's like an almost like an homage to uh to kanan who she was part of the the ghost crew with so that was really cool to see um and then you know at that point now she's got her hair short which is what we normally would see her in the animated was you know like her hair was usually short um, yeah and fit fits well under a helmet so hey they had to i like i thought that was good i like the way this show i like the way the episode ended because then when now well, we and, cut and to the, hair, the well the hair matches uh you know in the old to to where we see her in rebels so i yeah. think that's also an important bit no exactly that i was uh, gonna get to that when we get to the mural yeah so, but just small just short that we see the empire traders the get arrested to show that yep. Hera and everybody was in the right for what they were doing. These people were trying to rise up against and that doesn't normally work out or win. I'm yeah. sorry, black flag. Yeah. You know, no, but it doesn't whatever I know. And so now we cut <laughs> to Sabine short hair, walking up to the mural, touching Ezra's face, which is a recreation shot for shot yep. recreation from a scene in rebels. So yep. now we have a scene that was shown in rebels, but now done in live action. It, and this is kind of that this the it's it's noted as like you know the rebels the people will, will refer to it as the rebels epilogue, but it it was the sort of ending of season four and to me to you know for your point so that's why exactly this is the next season. Yep, and then here they are now they're coming together and and they're starting off this journey. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and at this point we're starting to see Ashoka get a little warmer to Sabine. Yeah, where she's like, hey, short hair, don't and care, we, get on in. 
So, and then we do, uh, we do kind of see, like you say that, you know, I think we get a little bit of, of whether or not it was super skillful. We get a little bit of character development and um, in Ahsoka realizing that um, maybe she's being as sort of cold and, and such uh, as she, you know, like as Anakin was, and she was the one who walked away from Anakin. Um, So spoilers for Clone Wars that has been out for 15 years. Um, And, and so this is one of those motions or no, you know, kind of, one of those things where it's a notion that she's realizing, oh, I'm walking away from a lot of people. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe I was a bit too harsh. So I thought that was kind of cool. And yeah. and we got, you know, like a, a cool, like shot for shot uh, deal. And uh, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when the, when, you know, a graphic novel, <laughs> when a graphic novel becomes a movie, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit that jump of it's so cool to see this at the at the larger scale but um, yeah. at the same time i i do imagine some people are like you know you had a you had the cartoon like did you need this <laughs> exactly it services nobody it services yeah it doesn't service the yeah. people who like this show because like where do you have this thing <laughs> and then the people like me who are unaware of what they're even doing i'm like so? like but who are these people <laughs> <laughs> who are these people <laughs> that's what the this is your life show treat hosted by jerry seinfeld <laughs> <laughs> who are these people most of the show <laughs> what kind of cat is this <laughs> that face big ears I don't think so <laughs> uh, so Andy what did you think of the episode um I I, th- I this though I'll, I'll get this an eight uh, I don't and you know like just to prove how like weirdly subjective my ratings are so you mm-hmm. know like to to a certain extent some of the, so I got a little bit of the the you know the the downturn of the high of watching everything in live action for that first episode mm-hmm. and then a little bit of the one you know going like okay like uh you know like oh you know where where is this all kind of headed um. You know, we we skipped over a few things probably that are notable. One is that there's an unidentified inquisitor. Um, you know that that I think are, is maybe 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 I will maybe I will give a better score than an eight when we start to find out a little bit more about <laughs> about mm-hmm. uh, Maroc or Merrick or however we're saying his name. Um, and then you know there's a there were there were a lot of good things in this episode. And so, you know, I think an eight is still a fine, mm-hmm. uh, fine rating. Uh, but I, I did have that moment of like, I hope we're going to, I hope this is the, this is the getting the band back together part. And then we're going to end up in sort of new territory um, from yeah. here out. Um, I'm at a four out of 10. Okay. For the empire, you know, like it's, <laughs> That, this anti-empire I, episode Roderick I will not put up with. I, I do think there was I do think there was some like distant yet like like overreaching payoff to all of the nonsense we saw in season three of Mandalorian with yeah. the New Republic shenanigans and and like how not effective the government is that did contribute to how well some of the bits in this episode played out. Um, so, you know, like, but I'm, I'm not surprised. I think four is the lowest you've given any, anything we've done in ep- episode recap and nerd splainer on. I think so. Um, it's, this is the point where they're losing. me. Okay. Um, I'm not getting explained anything. I'm not being told to care about yeah. anyone. I so far don't care about anyone. And you go, wait, how 
I know you're already years yeah. invested in oh, these yeah. people. Me not being years invested, they haven't given me a reason to care for any oh, of to- these people. Not totally. a single one. And so you're just like, all right, you got your band back together, but you got to give me a reason to care. But if yeah. I didn't have the podcast, I definitely wouldn't watch three on time. You know, I'm not going to watch it as soon as it comes out. I check it out when I, when I got time to see if like it can pull me back a little bit. Yeah. So you come back to weird. it. Yeah. Yeah, but exactly. But like you put if episode three doesn't pull through. If episode three is okay. also the same level of confusion in four, I'd be like, Ooh. Oh, this isn't for me. I gave it, a, I gave it my fair shake. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So then that gives us a little bit of a, a lead into, you know, how important Tuesday is then as far as yeah. the, the whole situation, because um, this show is going to become Andy only after that. <laughs> it'll just be, it'll be like, all right, Andy, tell us, tell us, tell us, tell us what you think. Give us the, mm-hmm. the recap here. No, uh, I, I, I do think that is like, I mean, I, I do, th- I think that is kind of the danger. Um, in like how so i i think that they may um i'm mad at them for making a star wars i don't care about oh interesting so i i think they may have overestimated how much how interested people in were how much they were in interested in finding thrawn so like so what i hear you're saying is is i don't know enough about thrawn to care I don't know enough to know that this is like is like this major sort of galaxy, you know, or multiverse changing yeah. event. Um and you know, like that's that's a notable thing, right? As far as a, a you know, that's more than just missing like a story beat, right? Yeah. Uh, they forgot to get me invested. And it's not even just in Thrawn. Yeah. It's also in Ashoka who's appeared in other things, but I didn't have to care about Ashoka and those other things, and so I still didn't. Okay. So, yeah, so then she like, was she was an Easter she was an Easter egg cameo um at that point. Mm-hmm. And now that she's got a character. And I care because whole, whole she was carrying on the story of Baby Yoda. Yeah. Who I do care about. Okay. And so like without Mandalorian or Baby Yoda, like that's my connection to her. Yeah. I don't have a thing that I'm like really like, oh, I hope. Oh, that's better. You know, like you're like, all right. I guess I'm just watching her be mad at people. She hasn't saved the cat, you know, like there's no like, oh, I don't know that she's a good down deep good person. Yeah. No, we definitely have the MacGuffin, you know, like the, you know, it's the star map. Um, So far, you know, the history of of using star maps in Star Wars, like, you know, for an entire episode, like uh, Rise of Skywalker, pretty much the, the whole spiel of Rise of Skywalker was that star map. So, yeah. Hopefully we get a better playoff uh, off that. I mean, there, there, I, I am, I have a lot of hope um, in everything and, you know, like, but like you're, you're highlighting, I think that that hope is not universally distributed. <laughs> That's true. And I have hope that it pulls out too, but at the same yeah. time, I'm not feeling like this desire to watch at midnight. Yeah. Um. So Andy, I have to ask, is this the way? We'll know on Tuesday. 